Hello and welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. My name is Russ. Unfortunately, Lucas isn't joining us tonight. He had a family get-together, so he was not able to record with me this weekend. But I have a very special treat for you guys. Producer Adam is back with me this week. And I figured I'd be a nice guy and let him choose the movie that we did. So he chose Rush Hour, the 1998 Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker action buddy cop movie. So, after the trailer, we give to you Rush Hour. They come from different cultures. Ah, bitch boys. Don't you ever touch a black man's radio, boy? They are played by different rules. <laughs> FBI, I need this motorcycle. Get but on a case this big, we're gonna get your daughter back safe and sound. They speak the same language. We can hang in my crib. I will show you my hood. What the hell did you just say? Jackie Chan. Wow. Chris Tucker. Rush Hour. Which one of y'all kicking? Rated PG 13. Starts Friday, September 18th. Hello and welcome back to the Couch Brotato Podcast. I am Russ. Uh, Lucas is not joining me this evening. He's ha- at some kind of family thing. Uh, he's too good to do an episode with us once again. But I have pulled in a very special treat for you guys and gals. Uh, producer Adam, who's been on a bit of a hiatus. He's been producing the show, but he hasn't been on a, as a guest in a little while. So he's back today. Adam, how are you, man? I'm I'm great. I don't know if I'm a, a special treat. Uh, I if I were a special treat, I'd probably be those Neko wafers that taste like chalk. But uh, no. no, I don't I don't think that at all. <laughs> don't think that at all, man. Uh, I was just looking at some of our stats. Uh, our, the the Toy Story one, the last one that you and I just did as a solo act, has been very very popular in recent weeks. Um, that's that's good, and I mean, we kind of uh, are going with that sort of theme again today, too, since it's, a, you know, a buddy movie a little bit. So Right, and I figured since I was going to have you on, I would let you choose the movie. Uh, so uh, you want to tell the guys and gals what you chose? I chose Rush Hour. Well, technically you chose Rush Hour 2. Rush Hour 2. And I called that them all was- again, like, well, let's do the first one, because the right. first one actually... Uh, had a little bit more uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. There wasn't really much for part two at all. Right. I mean, by then it was kind of established, and they were just like, yeah, this is fun. Let's do this again. So Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm in the camp with you. Actually, Rush Hour 2 is my favorite of the three. Yeah, uh, definitely. It It's so good. I don't know what it is about it. It's probably just the way it's written. The 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 pacing of the movies, I think, is the best part about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not to say that this one's a piece of shit. This is actually a very fun movie. Yeah. Uh, first time I've seen it in, damn, probably 10 years, I think. I hadn't watched it in a while. It just I never seemed to catch it on TV. Yeah, I we ended up watching all the rush hours, like, in a row last year sometime. Um, just uh, because we had all been quarantined, and uh, I think we just watched movies ad nauseum. So we ended up watching Rush Hour. That was the last time I saw it. It was about a year ago. So really? It's been a while. So I, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I uh, had seen them in quite a while. And actually, I think when I seen these, um, I'd actually seen two before I seen one. Yeah, I was the same way. I actually went to go see two with my buddy uh, in uh, school. Uh, we ended up going to uh, the theater uh, just to watch it just because we saw the, the previews and thought it looked really good. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, at this time I was working at a video store and, uh, part of the perks of working at a video store is they 
usually give you a couple free movie rentals a night. Yeah. And I think Rush Hour had been out on home video for like six months. No, it had been longer than that. I think, yeah, because I seen the second one first. So I think I seen the second one on DVD. And then I think I eventually went back and revisited the first one. Yeah. I think it was one of those movies that, like, I, I wanted to go, I wanted to watch, but just never, like, oh, I'm not in, like, a big rush, no pun intended, to see it. <laughs> and, uh, and I wasn't really familiar with uh, Jackie Chan either. This was, uh, I mean, he really wasn't, like, somebody that I was, like, I'm not a huge martial arts fan. Yeah. And uh, I, so I wasn't, like, grabbed, oh, like, oh, shit, Jackie Chan's first U.S. movie. I wasn't like super hyped up for it. I remember uh, Rumble in the Bronx had been like a modest hit here in the States, I think like a year or two before. Yes. But like Rush Hour was essentially my introduction to Jackie Chan. Yeah, I would say the same for me too. Um, I mean, I don't think I've seen him in anything before this. And uh, I mean, the only reason I saw uh, Shanghai Noon after this was because I had seen Rush Hour and Rush mm-hmm. Hour 2. Um, That's how I was. Uh, I, I seen uh, Shanghai Noon. Uh, Shanghai Nights is the second one. I don't know why I always think that that's the, the first one. But, yeah, I watched uh, Shanghai Noon simply because I enjoyed Jackie Chan and Rush Hour. So then, of course, you know, being at a video store, I went and uh, pretty much got my hands on any Jackie Chan stuff. I could get a hold of. I still love The Legend of the Drunken Master. That movie's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, like, this was uh, my first introduction to him. So, thanks, uh, New Line and Brett Ratner and Chris <laughs> Tucker for introducing Jackie Chan to the masses. Um, so, you know, we were talking about, you said briefly that this is another buddy cop movie, and it just got me thinking last night, too, because um, we've done a lot of these... Uh, these mismatched pairs here lately. Like we've done Buzz and Woody. We did uh, on the critically panned Midnight Run episode, we did uh, De Niro and Grodin. Uh, So yeah, we've done a lot of these here lately. So I was just thinking like recent memory, where would you put Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker on like, like a a top, a top of list? Because uh, I mean, they got three of these movies made yeah. because of their chemistry and there's been rumblings of a fourth one for a while. Right. So obviously I, they're doing something right. If they're, they've got three and then people continue to go see them. Right. And then they right. want to make a fourth one. So, I mean, where would you uh, rank these two fellas? I think they would be pretty close to the top, either, either number one or number two. Um, the only other contender I would think of would be, um, uh, um, lethal weapon. Um, uh, with uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. I don't think that um, any of the other uh, buddy movies come close to either one of those. I mean, th- there are um, really good buddy movies out there, and they do fill out the top ten, but just Lethal Weapon, the amount of movies that they have and the chemistry that they have together, it's the same kind of energy that uh, Chris Tucker and, and Jackie Chan have in these movies. Yeah, they do. They uh, It seems like they've kind of modeled that uh, the Rush Hour movies after that a little bit. Just uh, it, uh, Jackie Chan's kind of in the Danny Glover, the more subdued. And then Chris Tucker's not quite a maniac like Mel Gibson was, but like it's kind of that same energy. Yeah. I, I mean, for yeah, me... 
I know, like, I speak very fondly of uh, De Niro and Groden in Midnight Run. Uh, Gibson and Glover, for I think, yeah, those two would have to be at the top simply because, like, those movies are no good without the two of them being as right. good as they are together. Um, I would say Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte in 48 Hours, but that second one kind of ruins the first one a little bit <laughs> for me. That second one's awful. The first one's all the flaws. That movie's got a lot of them, especially uh, Nick Nolte's uh, very racist Jack Cates. Ah, <laughs> oh, hell, Reggie. <laughs> There's my Nick Nolte impression for the night. Perfect. End of the episode. See you, everybody. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, Tucker and Chan got to be in the top five at least. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of mileage out of this. And actually, outside of uh, Silver Linings Playbook, these are the only movies Chris Tucker's done since Friday. Yeah. Friday and the was, yeah, he was in the fifth element after Friday. Yeah, he was in that, yeah. But yeah, outside of the Rush Hour movies, I don't think he's been in anything. I remember him in Silver Linings Playbook. That's it. Which, which is too bad because he's got a lot of uh, money owed to the IRS. <laughs> yeah. I love Chris Tucker. I've actually been tossing around doing Friday for quite a long time. Yeah, that, that would be a good one. Yeah, that's a... Uh, he is pretty much set in stone as the winner of the, uh, the McLovin. Oh, for sure. But then again, he's in a movie more than... Oh, actually, he's in it just as much as Ice Cube, so I don't know if you could even give him that. So, <laughs> All right, well, hey... You ready to knock this out, get into some categories? Yes, I am. All right. The Tale of the Tape, uh, Rush Hour, was released on September the 18th, 1998. Stars Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. I know I usually throw in a couple extra ones, but, I mean, let's be real here. Outside of maybe Tom (laughs) Wilkinson, you're not really recognizing anybody in this movie outside of those two. Uh, Directed by uh, Brett Ratner, which uh, his claim to fame, like the only stuff that he's done that's been good have been the Rush Hour movies. I remember I had a uh, friend at uh, opening weekend of X-Men 3. My friend, huge X-Men fan, all he talked about the week leading up to it was he couldn't wait for X-Men 3 to come out. And I, I didn't go see it right away. So get back to work Monday. So I say, hey, Bob, how was X-Men 3? And the look of, like, he was disgusted and heartbroken at the same time. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's not wrong. Yeah, he he said that uh, just because it was a pile of shit. Because <laughs> he he basically said that they he ruined the X Men for him. Oh my god! And he's never seen an X Men movie after that. I don't blame him. Yeah, he refused to watch him after that. There there are good movies after that, but I don't blame him for not watching them after that. That's a that's a pretty disappointing movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Brett Ratner, a lot of mileage out of the Rush Hour movies. It seems to be the only thing he's good at doing. So, at least kudos to you for that. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score of uh, 60% from critics and 78% from audiences. Uh, This movie was a big hit. Usually September, there's not really, like, it's where they kind of, it's in between uh, the end of the summer movie season and, like, you're getting into, like, the Oscar contenders and getting ready for, like, the winter hits to come out. But this was a big hit in September. Did two hundred and forty-four million dollars on a thirty-five million dollar budget, which is really, really cool because you don't see comedies do that well, right? And I, I know, like an action comedy, but like it's still a comedy, and you don't see them do that well that often, right? Um, 
This uh, did not win any awards, but, I mean, once you heard Brett Ratner's name, you probably already knew that. And uh, this movie is streaming on HBO Max. You can actually watch all three of them. Oh, wow. Okay. One of the rare moments that you can watch a movie that we're talking about on a streaming service. Yeah, a funny story about that, too, <laughs> is I tried to watch uh, Rush Hour on Saturday night, and I've been kind of, uh, like, lacking in the sleep department the last, last few days. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll, I'll sit on my couch and watch uh, Rush Hour 1. I woke up, and it was, like, 10 minutes to go into Rush Hour 3. <laughs> Four hours later. Yeah, it's like I marathon the fuck out of it, I guess. <laughs> My eyelids seen all, th- all three of them now. Um, but uh, the uh, William Somerset Research Corner, a uh, lot of good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Brett Ratner claims that this is the first English-speaking film role for Jackie Chan. Previously, Chan's films released in the U.S. had his voice dubbed because of his uncertainty of speaking the English language. So uh, I guess Brett Ratner convinced Chan to give it a shot and just go without having his voice dubbed. He said it would uh, lend some authenticity to the character, which uh, now whenever I watch an old Jackie Chan movie, it's like I, it, the dubbing just doesn't seem the same. Yeah. He's been in enough U.S. films now to where, like, can't you just throw him a couple bucks to come and just redub him himself? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, too, like, after after these movies came out, um, uh I don't know if uh, you've seen it before, but they they did a uh, Jackie Chan Adventures uh, animated uh, uh, TV show on the WB. I do remember and that I, cartoon, and uh, he did uh, he did some voiceover work on that. He did pretty well. Didn't he do? Like I don't know. I don't. I may have caught like one or two minutes of it, um, but didn't he do like an introduction in front of each episode? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, like. Uh, if, Jackie Chan was like the biggest thing in the world for a minute after these movies come out. He was fucking everywhere. I remember when uh, Tarantino, uh, when the MTV Movie Awards used to be like kind of a big deal, uh, they gave uh, Jackie Chan some kind of honorary MTV Movie Award. Yeah. And I think that kind of started the ball rolling for making him a star in the U.S. too. I'm pretty sure recently too, Jackie Chan also uh, has received a Lifetime Achievement Award. Or something similar to that. I know that he received some kind of um, award uh, from the film industry for his contributions to um, stunts. Mm-hmm. Black stunts. And that was the thing revisiting this movie too. Like, it just made me uh, remember like how awesome like his fight scenes are. It's yeah. it's like very ballet esque, and they're super fun to watch. Like just a scene where. Um, they're inside the restaurant. We'll get into that here in a minute, but yeah, they were just a lot of fun revisiting like all of his stunt work and like watching yeah. him choreograph the fights and stuff. They were really cool. Um, uh, those of you that are familiar with Jackie Chan, you do know that uh, Jackie Chan does a lot of his own stunts and he gets hurt an awful lot. Um, I guess a- apparently he was almost killed during the filming of this movie, the scene where the metal boxes come crashing down. Uh, he was a quarter of a second away from death. Oh my God. Yeah. They would have, they would have crushed his head if, uh, he was just a quarter of a second slower. That is, that's scary. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, uh, realize, like, I forgot about this too, but like at the end of this movie where they show like the bloopers and stuff of, uh, Chan and Tucker and everybody flubbing their lines, 
they do the same thing for a lot of Jackie Chan's like like foreign films, and it's usually yeah. him getting hurt doing her stunt. So, yeah, that was one of my favorite bloopers. Is actually in the in the second movie when he's going through um, one of the uh, uh, casino cages and he gets stuck, and they ask him if he's okay. He's like, Jackie's always okay. Uh, I thought this was a really cool fun fact Uh, this movie was the inspiration for the film review website Rotten Tomatoes which we use uh, a time or two on this show Um, I'm going to fuck this dude's name up so I apologize in advance but we also know that those of you that listen to us on a regular basis know it's not a, a couch potato episode without me fucking up somebody's name so uh Sin Dong, I hope that's the right pronunciation. If not, I apologize. Uh, don't send me any hateful emails or sign me up for uh, like boner medication or uh, hot Latino singles, which seems to be what hits our inbox all the time at the, the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a lot of boner, uh, getting a lot of uh, erectile dysfunction medication offers. The old couch potato uh, at gmail.com inbox. So please send. I'm a big fan of your website. Please don't do that. Um, he was a big fan of the uh, Jackie Chan's movies, and he decided to create a website to collect all the reviews for the his movies that had been released in the U.S. So two weeks later, he built Rotten Tomatoes, and it launched right before Rush Hour came out. And I believe that was a success. <laughs> Uh, a little bit, yeah. Everybody, well, most people love it. A lot of people hate it. But uh, also a lot of people use it to uh, shit on Star Wars and Captain Marvel. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> um, Martin Lawrence was considered for the role of Carter after Eddie Murphy declined to uh, make Rush Hour in favor of Holy Man, which... <sighs> Come on, Eddie. <laughs> That was also a very uh, tumultuous time in Eddie Murphy's career. It seemed like he was just making one turd after another. Was this like the Pluto Nash Showtime era of Eddie? Sorry, I lost my voice there for a second. But yeah, this was like the the shitty run of Eddie Murphy's career, and he sprinkled in uh, Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. And... and don't get me wrong. I like Eddie Murphy a whole lot, but I don't think this movie works with Eddie Murphy. I really don't. No, I don't think so either. I also uh, found that uh, Dave Chappelle, Tupac Shakur, and Will Smith were also considered at one point for the role of Carter. Okay. And none, of those, right. uh, none of those are doing it for me. I mean, nope. I, I'm a fan of Dave Chappelle. Tupac was awesome. Uh, even Martin Lawrence, but yeah, Chris Tucker makes this movie because he's like yeah. he's the perfect contrast to uh, Jackie Chan. Yeah, he's he's very outgoing and and funny and uh, talks a lot. I guess is a good good way to put it. And Jackie Chan's very reserved and quiet, and yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's a good. Uh, the last one that I have is the line: uh, "Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth?" was inspired by the first meeting of Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker at the William Morris Agency. I guess after the meeting was over, uh, Jackie Chan whispers over to his manager, and he says uh, he didn't understand the words that were coming out of Chris Tucker's mouth because he was talking so fast. 
<laughs> so they used it in the movie. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, that's all I got. What do you got? Uh, let's see here. Uh, bear with me one moment while I pull up my notes here. Well, uh, yeah, uh, you guys can't see this, but Adam is uh, recording this in his car. It looks like he is uh, covering, he's like doing war coverage for like a major news network. And he's in you like some kind of bomb shelter, like waiting for like shit to go down. I could be. <laughs> Stay right, safe, so. Adam. <laughs> uh, I got uh, at uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater, Carter Shows, Inspector Lee, The Footprints of John Wayne. Uh, and, uh, it's, uh, really interesting just because, uh, he went on to spoof John Wayne's character in Shanghai Noon, uh, Shanghai Nights, um, and Shanghai Dawn. Um, and, uh, see here, I got, uh, so when, uh, in that beginning scene, when, uh, we're introduced to, to uh, Carter, um, going undercover, um, and then, uh, all that C4 is in the car and then he shoots the car, it blows up, um, that's actually a really cool scene uh, just because, you know, you get to see the car flip over and there's a giant fireball and everything. Uh, but uh, in all reality, a, uh, a gunshot would not uh, make C4 explode. <laughs> and uh, if you were to shoot the amount of C4 that were in that car, uh, pretty much everybody in the, the blast radius of that would be dead and the entire street would be just a destroyed yeah when i seen that scene i'm like that's a lot of fucking c4 just create that small explosion <laughs> i'm pretty sure there was less uh c4 uh in the scene of die hard when <laughs> he uh throws that chair down the elevator shaft i'm pretty sure there's more c4 in the car than on that chair and that chair makes his bigger explosion and chris penn lives <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's got a couple scratches uh, when I visit him in prison. I was like, fuck, that, had, that car had C4 in it. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. the Hurt Locker uh, was based off of uh, him diffusing uh, some C4. There was a scene in that movie where he yeah. was afraid that he's going to get blown to smithereens. But yet Chris Penn, fucking indestructible. Yep. He, would, he just wouldn't have been – he wouldn't have existed anymore. He would have just been pink mist. Yep. <laughs> um. So I thought this was cool, uh, and it doesn't necessarily pertain to just uh, Rush Hour, uh, but all three movies. Uh, it's just like a kind of weird tradition. The main villain in every Rush Hour movie has died by falling a great distance. <laughs> every single Rush Hour movie, they fall from a really good, great height, and they're just pancaked on the floor. <laughs> well, yeah, note self, if you uh, decide to audition for the villain in the Hopefully, to be made at some point, Rush Hour 4, just uh, don't be afraid of heights. Right. Um, so, yeah, the first one, uh, he falls uh, from the ceiling of the exhibition hall. Uh, Ricky Tin and the second one falls from uh, the casino building onto the uh, street. Actually, uh, onto a car on the street. And then Kenji in the, in the third one falls from the Eiffel Tower. So they're going to have to find something taller than the Eiffel Tower. For the villain in the fourth movie to fall off of. Um, I mean, they're probably going to, since Tom Cruise is kind of like the American version of Jackie Chan, I bet they go back to, uh, what's the name of that building in uh, Dubai? The, the the real tall building. Oh, he's, the, the tallest, that's the tallest building in the world, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas, know like, you're... knows it, like, just like that. He can rattle it off instantly. I forget, like, is it the, the Burj Khalifa? 
something like that. Yeah. I know I probably fucked it up. Yeah. Somebody's in rush hour four is getting tossed off that. Yep. Or they're falling Either out of an airplane. They're, they're going to space. They're just, they're going to throw them out of a space station onto earth. Yeah. And like they'll fall, like they won't just won't float. They're just going to fucking tumble down to earth too. Yep. They're just going to get pulled in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, uh, Let's see here. Um, so I, I, I'm going to group all these together just because I like to find um, kind of – I'm kind of uh, picky when it comes to uh, mistakes in movies, and I love to find them. Like one of my favorite things about uh, the original Star Wars is when that stormtrooper hits his head on the door. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so I like to find goofs and stuff like that in the movies, and uh, so I got a, a couple of goofs that I'm going to group together here. But uh, um, when uh, – Tanya Johnson hangs up the phone with Carter. You hear a dial tone, and it it they use it to be like you know dramatic uh, for the cinema, you know, just to accentuate the hanging up moment. But you don't hear a dial tone on a cell phone. That's just not a thing. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, when uh, uh, Carter takes the joint from the guy in the pool hall. He's just like, what is this? This isn't a cigarette. This is like a weed. Um, he uh, he takes it away, and it's super small. But then when he has it in the next scene, it's really, really long. Like it changes sizes constantly. Um, and then, well, uh, I think that dude just had a lot of them rolled up in his pocket. I mean, <laughs> as being a former uh, consumer of vitamins myself, uh, whenever I, <laughs> whenever I uh, indulge in one, I had I always had more than one. Unless it's the incredible extending Sigaweed brand. And if that's the case, I'm hopping back on the horse. Yeah. <laughs> and like, fuck, 20 bucks, this thing keeps growing, sign me up. Um, let's see here. Also, uh, my last uh, my last little bit of uh, trivia, I guess, uh, for this uh, goof section, um, is that uh, when Lee is trying to escape from Carter, uh, and then he gets into the cab, it actually changes from a Crown Vic to a Caprice and then back to a Crown Vic again in the next scene. <laughs> we ought to just make that a section that uh, you can contribute to every episode. Just uh, it may- Maybe we'll just replace one of the categories where you just find, like, hilarious goofs in the movie because you seem to always be able to pinpoint them. I never really catch on to them. They're, they're really fun to watch. Jenna and I, uh, my wife Jenna, we always like to uh, – like go through movies that we really really like like we've seen them a million times and we just look at the background stuff just because it's really cool to watch and sometimes you find really funny goofs like that i see like when i watch movies it's all i always end up paying attention to like uh like take for example shawshank redemption it's usually like i'll i'll usually will just pay attention to the movie and then i'll eventually go into like the nuances of like Morgan Freeman's performance and then like Tim Robbins and then like uh, Bob Gunn, things like that. I never really bothered to look for the goofs. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it ruins the movie magic, but like if you've seen the movie enough and you, you like the movie anyways, it's still fun to fun to pick out those little things. Like, like I said, I really, really like it when that stormtrooper hits his head on the, on the door. I laugh every time now. <laughs> the only one that I recall uh, seeing like the minute I f- first seen the movie was in Dick Tracy. It's a scene where Madonna and Warren Beatty are kissing, and you could see like Warren Beatty drooling as they're making out. <laughs> I seen it in the movie theater, and I looked over to my brother. I was like, "He's he's drooling." 
That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine since then, like, they've probably cleaned it up to where you don't see it. But yeah, I remember seeing that in the movie theater. I'm like, he's fucking drooling. That's so funny. I'm going to have to look for that now. I hope it's still in <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's the only one I can pinpoint. Like, I'd have to, like, look him up. I mean, of course, obviously, right. the stormtrooper hitting his head, that's, like, pretty much blatantly obvious now. Yeah, of, of course. And um, sometimes you'll get uh, get things like, I think there's another uh, goof in Star Wars where you can see the uh, the toe line, like, thro- like, you know, when they get thrown back by getting shot and stuff, you can see one of the toe lines that's pulling them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that, those are always fun to see fun to see I, and uh, that is all i had for my uh my research corner well good stuff man uh you may have just spawned a brand new category for this show i we should do it i would love to come up with stuff for that every, every single time oh okay well then uh we, we may cut a a category out uh it seems like the uh the eric stoltz award seems to be uh <laughs> one that uh doesn't really uh get a lot of love so maybe uh Cut it out and replace it with uh, uh, where you come up with like all kinds of uh, goofs in the movie. We'll, we'll have to come up with a clever name for it. I'm, I mean, well, let's be real here. None of these names are clever either. I mean, we just no, stole I... like movie lines. So, <laughs> all right. Well, good stuff, dude. Um, the uh, I Drink Your Milkshake Award for the best scene in the movie. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up! Yeah, what do you got? So, uh, I have a couple of different uh, different scenes here. Um, my One of my favorite scenes in the movie, and I think this is going to be my honorable mention just because I like the other scene a little better, um, which mine are kind of weird. I know everybody likes the climax of the movie the best, but um, I liked when they were uh, trying to one-up each other with how their dads were on the force. Like, oh, my dad did this. Oh, my dad, you know, caught a bullet with his bare hands. And I, I think that was, uh, that was a really cool scene. It just, uh, it gave their characters a little depth in, like, why they do what they, they do now. And it was still funny. Um, but, uh, like I said, that's going to be my honorable mention. Uh, my favorite scene, though, is uh, a a combination of scenes. It's the, the point when Carter picks up uh, Lee from the airport, you know, do you hear the words coming out of my mouth all the way to uh, uh, Lee revealing that he can speak English. Mm-hmm. Oh, like him trying to escape, climbing onto the, the sign, dropping off of the bus. And then just it ending with, you didn't ask me if I spoke English, so I didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. That's good <laughs> you know? stuff too. Well, what would be your uh, – that's going to be your nominee? That's going to be my nominee, yeah. All right. Um, I have an honorable mention as well. Um, I really like the uh, the fight scene in the restaurant. Oh, yeah. Because that really good. shows off, like, that's – like, if you've never seen a Jackie Chan movie before, just the scene where they're, like, fighting for the gun and with the rug. Yeah. Like, that's, like, if you've never seen a Jackie Chan movie before, like, and you – don't want to invest the time. Cause I know a lot of people just won't watch a movie because it's not like in English mm-hmm, for some stupid right. reason. Like they hate reading, but um, yeah, like if you've never seen a Jackie Chan movie before, just that sequence with the rug is like sums up Jackie Chan perfectly. Yeah. Um, I would agree. But my favorite scene, and I, I, I really like it just because it's like when they 
finally start to bond is when uh, he's singing War by Edwin Starr. Mm-hmm. And then, like, uh, he says it very wooden. And then, like, Chris Tucker's trying to get him to say it with a little bit more, like, put a little bit of soul into it, you know? Like, yeah. I just like that scene because then that's, like, it's kind of the turning point of the movie. And, like, they actually, like, they kind of have become a team after that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I kind of dig the uh, the introduction to Jackie Chan. Like, well, not so much the introduction, but where he comes to L.A. Yeah. That's a really yeah, that's... cool scene, too. And plus, I've always wanted to ride on one of the double-decker buses. Yeah. And just the 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 whole exchange where, where Carter's showing off his badge, he's like, FBI. And, and then he, uh, Jackie Chan, like, grabs onto the sign. And then he it takes him a second to figure out what happened. It's just that, that whole scene where Lee's just trying to escape. It's just, it shows off uh, Jackie Chan's um, like physical comedy, mm-hmm. but it also uh, shows off um, uh, Chris Tucker's uh, just, you know, vocal comedy too. And his, his physical comedy, his version of it anyways. Yeah. I really it. Yeah. I'm okay. Giving it with, uh, to that, that whole sequence is fucking awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's so good. All right. Yeah. There you go, Adam. Here, Back here. on the show, and it's like you didn't even skip a beat. You're coming up with new categories. <laughs> You're fucking winning cat, like you know, winning awards for the, the scenes. It, it's like you just you never left. Well, I think you edit the show every week too. That probably helps. Right. I, I'm I'm here every week, just behind the scenes. Right. Um, the uh, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough for uh, the worst or most unnecessary scene of the movie. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Yeah, I really couldn't think of anything of note. I couldn't either. I do have a bone to pick, though, with one of the, the scenes in the movie. So when they're kidnapping Sue Young, and uh, the car gets pulled off the side of the road, and um, the driver asks, oh, what's the problem officer and he says nothing just rush hour and then shoots both of them i always thought that that line was shoehorned into the movie just so that they could get the the term rush hour into the movie hey i'm a fan of when they do that though like when they say the name of the movie oh so am i no that's perfectly fine it's just it doesn't make any sense why he would say that like Mm. Okay, is that a reason for you to pull him over? No, you don't say to somebody, "Yeah, it's rush hour, so I'm pulling you over." Like that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> they just did it to get the the name of the movie in in the line, I think. And it just, I, I always had a that kind of every time I watch this movie, it's just like, why? <laughs> I I I I have no issue with it just because they shoehorned it in. I wish every movie would, <laughs> would put it in there. Like I now after I think I've been kind of ruined by the uh, the MTV Movie Awards skit where Ben Stiller is parodying Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible Two, and he says this mission just got a hell of a lot more impossible. <laughs> like that's that's an obvious blatant excuse to shoehorn the name of the yeah. movie into the into the dialogue. Yeah. So like now I just like I've come to expect it. <laughs> like even watching something like Shape of Water, like can you say Shape of Water at least once? It probably would have made it a better movie. So I think there is a, a gag in uh, Family Guy where 
they do that like Peter's at the movies with his friends and stuff and and they say the name of the movie in the movie and Peter goes ah ah so every time Jenna and I go to the movies now and they say the name of the movie we both look at each other and go ah (laughs) (laughs) and that just that just reminds me Shape of Water does not deserve to be the best picture especially with Get Out Dunkirk but I'm not going to get on that soapbox tonight. This is all about rush hour. Right. Uh, Good so, movies. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, well, I, I can't – I'm not going to argue with it, but, like, I'm cool with it. Yeah. They could have thrown it in something else, like, hey, you know, like, oh, man, we're stuck in rush hour traffic. Yeah. Anything. But I'm always good with them shoehorning the name of the movie into the dialogue. Yeah. Right, it is what it is. I just, it's, I wouldn't cut it out per se. It's not like you know, uh, I don't like Sandworthy, but it's just a bone I had to pick with the movie. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't teeter like. Well, if they'd cut that line out, I'd like it, but they left it in there. This movie's fucking awful. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the uh, Dylan, you son of a bitch, award for the best line of the movie. Dylan. You son of a bitch. Um, I will let you go first simply because when I was doing my notes, I got sidetracked and forgot to come up with a best quote. Although I have a line of dialogue that always cracks me up every time I see this movie. So uh, I will let you uh, put your nominee out on the floor and I will come back with mine. Um, I have a couple of different ones. I got a couple of uh, honorable mentions. I'm going to lead off with my, my nominee though. And everybody knows what it is. It's, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yeah, I think that would be, that would probably be mine too, just because it's probably the most iconic line of the movie. Right. They even call back to it in the second one, and Jackie Chan says it. It's so funny. Well, that, and we found out earlier too, it was inspired by their first meeting. Right. Yeah. So, perfect. It's a, it's a great line. I love it. Uh, it's funny every time I watch it. And uh, even like, like the stuff that he's saying beforehand is like, do you speak any English? <laughs> and it leads up to, do you understand the words that are coming out of my, and it's, he's yelling at that point. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a couple of different uh, nominees though. Uh, well, uh, honorable mentions for, uh, this category. Um, I really like it when, um, uh, Carter is in the, uh, in the office, um, with his captain and he's just like that whole back and forth, like, uh, two officers were shot. One lost a pinky, but nobody didn't nobody die. He destroyed <laughs> half a city block. That block was already messed up. Yeah, he, he lost a lot of evidence. Well, we still got a little bit left. <laughs> so funny every time. Uh, and then uh, uh, when he's uh, talking um, uh, out in the precinct, and he's like, "This is the LAPD. We the most hated cops in all the free world." My own mom is ashamed of me. She tells everybody I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> I do like that line, too, and I completely forgot about it. <laughs> now, Jenna actually told me that she wanted me to uh, – I forget what, what at what point of the movie it's in, but uh, Carter says – because I wasn't, I wasn't watching the, the screen at the time. I was actually distracted. But Jenna laughed at it, and she's like, that should be your best line. Uh, Carter at one point says, uh, get your titties out of the way or something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing with like Chris Tucker's humor. Sometimes he says something so fast that you don't catch it right away. Yeah. 
Um, I know for me, it would be the, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Uh, another one that I really get a kick out of, I have a couple as well. Um, I do like the exchange when uh, Jackie Chan turns on the radio and it's the Beach Boys playing, and he says, oh, basically yeah. tells him, like, don't ever touch a black man's radio. He says that, yeah. basically, I, paraphrasing, but he says, uh, that shit may be okay in China, but that'll get your ass killed out here. Mm-hmm. I, I do like that one, and yeah. I also like the line when uh, they're making the demands how they want their money. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's one of fives for that. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, it's such a stupid line, but I, I just I chuckle every time. Uh, but I think we kind of already agreed it's going to be the. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I mean, it's played in the fucking trailer. Yeah. And like you know, we said it was inspired by their first meeting. I, th- I think you have to give it to that one. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, well, you're two for two. <laughs> um, the uh, McLovin Award for the best supporting performance. I am McLovin. And I'm getting mine out here right now. I'm okay. fucking nominating Rex Lynn. Agent All Whitney. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rex Lynn, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, is probably remembered best as... Uh, should I forget his fucking name now? He's a cliffhanger. He's the, the crooked FBI agent. Yeah. But that dude has two speeds. It's 25 miles an hour and it's 100 miles an hour. But when he goes 100, <laughs> I'm fucking all for it. Yeah. When he starts swearing, sure. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Rex Lynn's in the zone. <laughs> and I think I've already decided when we do cliffhanger, which we will. Yeah. Very underrated, underappreciated Sylvester Stallone movie. Um, I'm going to nominate Rex Lynn again, and he's going to win. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, but, he can win. He can win twice. Oh, he, he can, can be a two-time winner. Time. But yeah, I'm just throwing yeah. it out there now. Like, if I don't nominate him, call me out on that because, like, yeah, he should win in cliffhanger too. Um, okay. Also got an honorable mention to uh, Philip Baker Hall, who's uh, Chris Tucker's captain. You you never see him in a role where he's kind of like having fun and goofing around, where he's he's always dead serious. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of nice to see him in something a little more lighthearted. Yeah. But yeah, Rex Lynn's got to win it for me. Okay. I I have a uh, uh, odd nominee for this one. It's like somebody that you wouldn't think. And I, the only reason uh, why I nominated uh, this person was because I thought that uh, uh, it lent, uh, for the scenes that they're in, it, it lent a really good uh, um, comedy to it. Uh, I actually nominated, um, I don't even know how to pronounce her name, Julia Sue, I guess, uh, as Sue Young. Okay. Uh, the only reason I nominated her was because the scenes that she's in, she does really, really well in for being so young. And, uh, like when she's dancing in the car, that's hilarious. And the two drivers are just annoyed at her singing. It's so funny. I don't know why I laugh at that. It's just like, yeah, I would be those. Maybe it's cause I have two girls in my own. <laughs> yeah. I would be that way too. If she were singing like that. And then like, you know, she, uh, she does all the things that she's supposed to. She kicks and screams when, uh, when she gets taken and everything. But the the scene at the end, when uh, Carter is telling him to push the button and blow her up, and then she's just mimicking him. <laughs> yeah. Like, push, push the goddamn button. She's like, yeah, push the goddamn button. Like it's so funny. Well, I, like, it's one of those things where like uh, when little kids swear, like I know yeah. my both of mine have an issue with that. And I have a 10-year-old and a 3-year-old. So, 
Yeah, raising them right, gang. But uh, it's one of those things where, like, I, like, damn, I should, I need to discipline them or, you know, tell them, like, hey, you shouldn't be saying that. But at the same time, it's like, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's why, that's why I nominated her. I think she did really well in this movie. Yeah, she was really good in this, too. I mean, for, like, you know, essentially the, uh, the bit player. Kids' roles are kind of tough, too. It's either, like, they're really good or they're just, okay, it's a cute Big kid. And, Star Wars. Yeah, it's thoroughly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, I, mean, I I'm going with Rex Lynn, dude. Like, that fucking guy. Okay. I, I know, like, whenever you see Rex Lynn, it's like, yep. That guy's going to swear, and he's going to swear, like, he's going to be angry about it when he doesn't need to be. Yeah. He just I, has I, a I, particular I, delivery when he swears, and it's just like, yeah, I'm all for it. I, I'm going to agree with you on that. So I'm, I'm going to give it to yours just because, you know, I, I think that he deserves to win twice too. So, yeah. And I mean, I don't have a compelling argument for him. Like <laughs> I really no, don't. Your argument, your argument, your entire reasoning for it is your argument. It's, it's very compelling. He's either 25 miles an hour or a hundred miles an hour. I completely agree. All right. Well, Rexland, <laughs> you are the winner of the McLovin. I haven't seen that guy in anything in a while. So uh, Hollywood uh, casting directors, Show uh, Rex Lynn a little love. Get him on, like, one of them NBC, like, the 9,000 Chicago shows they have. Yeah, Hollywood directors. Do you hear the words that are coming out of our mouth? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because NBC's got, what, like, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, I think Chicago Pizzeria, Chicago YMCA. <laughs> Chicago Post Office. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago clothing boutique. So, all right. So Rex Lynn's the winner. Rex Lynn's the winner. All right. Way to go, Rex Lynn. Um, the Eric Stoltz Award for the performer that you would recast. I do have a nominee for this one, and it's okay. nothing against his performance. He's he's fine, but uh, I'm going to nominate uh, Mark Rolston as Agent Russ. Awesome okay. name, by the way. Um, simply because like that actor. I cannot watch him in anything without thinking of him and what him and the sisters did to Andy Dufresne at Shawshank. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> it's like that's okay. fucking that's fucking bogs and like I don't know. I don't really buy him as an FBI agent because he sexually assaulted Andy Dufresne at Shawshank. Yes, and Hadley did. gave it like fucking showed him like, hey man, you don't fuck around, dudes that can launder money. This is what happens. You're gonna be eaten out of a straw. <laughs> <laughs> if only we had Clancy Brown in this movie. Uh, Clancy Brown should be in everything. He should. <laughs> but yeah, that's my nominee. Nothing against Mark Rolston's performance. He's perfectly fine. He's not, you know, he's nothing special, but yeah, he doesn't bring the movie down. Just, yeah, he's, he's fucking bogs. And that's, that's, <laughs> he'd be, he'll be one of those guys that, like, no matter what I see him in, he could be doing mm-hmm. a performance of, Macbeth. And like if I happen to get free tickets, like, oh hey, there's this Hollywood actor doing Macbeth at the like the local theater house. Like, okay, cool, I'll go check it out for free. And the minute I see Mark Rolls, like, that's fucking bogs, it's Macbeth. <laughs> Can't watch this because Macbeth just sexually assaulted Andy Dufresne. <laughs> yep, him and the sisters. Like, I'm just waiting for the rest of them to show up. They made Andy's life a living hell for crying out loud. <laughs> Who uh, would you replace with? Anybody not named Mark Ralston? 
Oh. Hey, Clancy no, Brown. Clancy Brown. Yeah, <laughs> Clancy Brown. He's or, now Agent Russ. Eight, or Urbana's own Clancy Brown. Right, yes. Uh, which, did I tell you that uh, when we did our uh, Shawshank episode, I was trying to... Uh, I was trying to find a way to contact him to see if he'd come on the show. Yes, yes, I remember we were, we were talking about. And that. I, I couldn't, it, I couldn't get his information. Probably for him, not, a good thing. He's like, I'm not going on that third-rate fucking podcast. You know, we could. It, Urbana's not that far from where we are at. We could probably just drive up there and find a phone book and find. Him. <laughs> <laughs> just look up Brown, Brown, Clancy. There he is. Right. One, two, three, four Main Street. Got it. Plug it in the GPS. Let's roll. Why are you at my house? Who are you guys? <laughs> what are the couch rotatoes? The who? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, do you have anybody you'd recast in this? No, I didn't have anybody I'd recast. Uh, I was thinking about it. It's just it's hard to recast uh, uh, this movie just because the, the main characters are the driving force of the movie and then just everybody else is is filler i think mm. i mean some of them are really good don't get me wrong it's just yeah it doesn't matter because we got the two uh best actors already for the role so yeah uh, usually when it comes to the like the actors you'd recast it's mostly minor characters i'm thinking of usually they they nail the the leads pretty good in most of the movies we do so yeah the unsolved mysteries of the movie um Join me. Perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. The only one that I had, they pretty much answer it. Uh, I would wonder what uh, adventures uh, Lee and Carter get into when uh, Lee flies back, or Carter flies back home with Lee, but we find out in Rush Hour 2 what happens. So So I I do have something to piggyback off that. That's actually my unsolved mystery. Um, so we find out what happens in rush hour two that, you know, um, and then like years later, uh, Carter's a traffic cop and we find out what happens to them in rush hour three. My question is how did they keep their jobs? <laughs> because, uh, Carter was about to be suspended before he got his assignment to Lee in this movie. And then they're just like screwing around most of well, I mean they're they're solving the the mystery, I guess. Uh, but you know, they're getting up into all sorts of hijinks, you know, climbing on signs and jumping off of buses. And then in the, they do the same kind of stuff in rush hour two, but Carter's on like a six week vacation. That's a lot and, of PTO. It's like, do you ever take a break? Yeah. And they're both I'm pretty sure they're both detectives, are, are they not? Or is Carter a lower rank? Because I know Lee is a detective. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know they probably have a caseload, right? I would are imagine they, so, yeah. Are they working on cases? Or are they just, you know... Nope, hey, one, once, once they solve that, it's like, well... It's like, somebody else will do it. It'll be there when I get back. <laughs> It just confuses the heck out of me. I know it doesn't matter because, you know, movie magic and, you know, this buddy cop movie and they're they're doing their thing. But it, I always wondered, like, you know, what about the other cases they have to solve? Well, I think uh, Jackie Chan's character is more like a, uh, almost like, kind of like a right-hand man for the uh, the diplomat. Um, name's drawn a bl- uh, blank on the character's yeah. name. So it kind of yeah. makes me wonder, like, he's more like, 
when he needs him, he's there. So I don't think his caseload per se is like that of a normal detective. But yeah. yeah, Carter, on the other hand, like he was fucking on an undercover mission at the beginning of the movie. And like, we just threw that to the side. Like, Oh, he's going on vacation now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and forget that he was about to be suspended. It's just like, yeah, sure. You can go on vacation. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's fa- yeah. You know what? We're going to pay you. Take a couple weeks off, man. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could see that, though. It's just like, he was supposed to be undercover, now he's not? Yeah. Oh. Just... All right, well, um, now that uh, we've gotten that out of the way, uh, the final award, the one that everyone's been waiting for, the uh, I'm the King of the World Award for who wins the movie. I think this is pretty obvious, so. I'm the King of the World! Uh, do you want me to say it or do you want to? I'm going to say, I'm going to say mine. Hopefully it's, it's who you're thinking of. I think it's Jackie Chan. Oh, see, I actually had Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I could. Cause I don't think the movie, like the movie doesn't work without both of them. Like you could have one, but like, yeah, I, I just think that their styles mesh perfectly together. And I, yeah. you can't have like, you could like, well, hell, we were talking about earlier, like, all these other actors that were up for the role of uh, Carter. I couldn't see mm-hmm. any of those uh, actors playing off of Jackie Chan as well as Chris Tucker did. Right. I agree completely. And, and you know, Jackie Chan, being in this movie, launched his career to new heights. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, both of them, I think, really benefited from this movie. Yeah, just their chemistry together is just totally, like, off the, the chain, like, incredible. And, like... They've been able to take that same formula and they've crafted three movies out of it. Yeah. Because, I mean... I, I even, mean, I, I, I like three. It's it's okay. It's not my favorite. But if they made a fourth one or a fifth one, even, like, the Lethal Weapons, they're, like, I would watch it. Because, yeah, you like revisiting, see what those characters are up to. Right, yeah. Those characters are what makes the movie watchable. It's not necessarily the story, which is there, and it's cool, and action-packed but the characters are what makes it you know you want to come back and watch it again yeah because i mean it's fairly like it's a a pretty much a paint by numbers like cop movie it's like there's a crime and then like you know this instance they take you know two people that are obviously would not be friends if it wasn't for this circumstance yeah just yeah without their chemistry this is a, a paint by numbers cop movie yeah, yeah. So, yeah I, I would give it to both of them. I agree with that as well. Yeah, so, okay, well, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan, you are the kings of the world for Rush Hour. Bravo. Job well done, guys. Please so, make a fourth. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a fourth one. You know what? Honestly, the way that they make movies nowadays, it's, like, all about, like, franchises. I'm surprised they haven't. I know I had seen something where uh, Jackie Chan didn't want to do one unless the script was right. Yeah. And then they had said that him and Chris Tucker found a script that they both liked. And they were going to do it. And they even teased, I seen like an Instagram post with yeah. both of them holding up like four fingers, like, hey, it's, it's getting ready to happen. And it was apparently supposed to be 2019 when it came out, but then it just. It, it might have had something to do with COVID too. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. COVID, son of a bitch, ruins <laughs> fucking everything. That could have been it. Yeah. 
You said Chris Tucker's got problems with the IRS. He may be holding out for more money. Yeah, that's true, too. But um, I mean, they make a fourth movie. I'm there for it. You think that, uh, you know, I everything's franchised now. You know, you got your superhero movies. You got your, uh, your movies that are based off of books. And then, like, you know, Harry Potter, Hunger Games, uh, Fifty Shades. Uh, you know, you got those movies. I think that Rush Hour is one of those uh, few movies, like, the action movies in the 80s got Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and, and those kinds of movies. Rush Hour is one of those final few types of those movies where it's not necessarily a, a franchise based off of a superhero or a book, but it's like, you know, it's one of those action franchises that keeps going. Well, that could I be another that, reason why, too, is the fact that just in the last two years, the film industry's changed. I mean... yeah. There hasn't, like, outside of Spider-Man, there hasn't been really, like, a huge, huge box office hit. And I don't think studios are going to sink the kind of money that, that they would into something that may or may not work with audiences. Yeah. That would be something that may end up going to, like, HBO Max. Because I think I had seen that they are talking about doing a new Lethal Weapon, but it's going to be for HBO Max instead of a theatrical release. Yeah, I heard that, too. And, you know, I would like to see... Uh you know, action franchises come back. I mean, I would like to see, you know, 80s action movies come back, like that kind of style of movie. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I would love to see the 80s action movies come back. That's the best era of action movies. But, yeah, yeah that would be something you would see. Like, it would be parodied now. Yeah. And it would have, like, I, The Rock and Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, see, the, the, the closest thing we get, I think, is, is Fast and Furious. And, like... Those are kind of cheesy in the, in the way that they do their action. It, it's not necessarily the same kind of cheese as the 80s action movies. It's good, but I think that's the closest we get. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why I love those movies so much. And we need to do one at some point. Yes. I keep putting that off. Like It just never seems to work like doing a Fast and Furious movie. But yeah, that's, that's got to happen at some point. Right. Wow. Well, before we uh, wrap this up, you got anything you want to add? Uh, no, other than, uh, you know, Rush Hour is one of my favorite uh, buddy movies, one of my favorite uh, uh, action movies. Um, uh, I uh, I do have a lot of favorite action movies, so, that I mean, it's, it's pretty far down on the list. But, uh, but it's my favorite comedy action movie, I would say, and mm. I, I really, really like it. And any time it's on TV, I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, I Well, that's the thing. Like, I haven't seen it on anything in a while. Yeah. I mean, I know for a while they had a nice run on TNT and TBS, but I haven't seen yeah. it on TV in quite a while. And it, it's one of those, uh, one of those little, little gems that sometimes you forget about, but then it's like, Oh yeah, rush hour. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. When, yeah. I, when uh, I was getting with you to, to talk about like what to do as this week's episode, like when you mentioned rush hour, like, okay, I can, I can, I can, I can do that. It's been yeah. a while since I've, I've visited those characters. It'd be a nice, nice time to reminisce a bit. Yeah. It's not something that's in the forefront when it comes to uh, any kind of genre or, or movie. But then, like, when it's mentioned, you're like, oh, yeah, I really like those movies. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't really have anything to add outside of Adam. It was a goddamn pleasure having you back on the show to sit down and shoot shit for a bit. It's been a minute. Yeah, it has. It's and, uh... You'll be back next week, right? I will be back next uh, week. We'll save that uh, for the uh, 
the closing of the episode, but I, it's going to be a big one. Coincide with the movie getting ready to come out. So one that you and I like and Lucas hates. So it ought to be a fun episode. <laughs> just us just giving Lucas oh. shit for an hour. Going to give him a hard time for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Maybe I'll even. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I've got the, the time nor the money. <laughs> Maybe I'll do the episode in the gear. Oh, that would be that would be excellent. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I don't think I got that kind of scratch though. <laughs> All right, That's well, not a video. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on that note, uh, I'm going to wrap this up. But Adam, like I said, it was an absolute pleasure having you back on the show, and uh, we'll talk at you next week, man. All right. All right. See ya. Later, Gators. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you once again for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. If you like what we're doing here at the show, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, Coming up next Tuesday, this ought to be a good one, uh, considering Lucas hates this movie. Uh, Just in time to celebrate the release of the brand-new The Batman, which is getting ready to hit theaters, I believe, on March the 4th. Uh, We're going to do the 1989 Tim Burton Batman, which stars Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. So that ought to be a good one. If anything, just to hear Lucas bitch for an hour about how much he doesn't like that Batman and why it's weird that we do. So it ought to be a good episode either way. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts. We're available everywhere. So until next Tuesday, cheers, everybody.